Hello, everybody, and welcome to Inside Geocaching HQ. This is the podcast about things that are happening at Geocaching HQ in Seattle. My name is Chris Ronan. My geocaching username is Rock Chalk, and we are in HQ at this very moment. Sometimes it's I'm in my house when I do this thing, but I'm at HQ because I get the chance to have a real-life, in-person conversation with Nicole from the mobile team, who I meant to look this up before we started, how many times you've been on the podcast, Nicole, because you're part of like the three or four timers club. I'm not sure. Have you ever watched on Saturday Night Live? They have this running joke with hosts that have hosted X number of times. Mm. I feel like we should have that for the podcast. <laughs> I think Brian would probably be the the leader, but I think you're right up in there because you've been <laughs> on a number of times in your various roles at the company. So we're going to be talking about the geocaching app because you're on the mobile team, but let's get started first by telling people who you are, what you do at HQ, and what you've done because you've been here for several years now at HQ. Yeah, it's uh, good to be back. Thank you uh, for having me again. My name is Nicole. My username is Nicole, written N-Y-K-K-O-L-E. I've been at HQ for eight years now, and uh, I started out on the team with you, Chris. That's you right. remember back in the and day. And you escaped. <laughs> um, so I um, was doing uh, reviewer support, volunteer support, and then I moved into a product role. And so I was a product manager on the website, and now for the last, oh gosh, three-ish, four-ish years maybe, I've been... Time's just a mess now, yes. isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> uh, I've been the product manager on the mobile app. Yeah, and so you've had this this great amount of experience throughout the company over the years and now with the mobile team for, for a few years. And so today we're going to talk about, I guess, what we're calling not-so-hidden features within the <laughs> geocaching app. And I think this conversation... The idea for it maybe even dates back to when we were in Colorado geocaching together <laughs> earlier this year, and we were we were walking along, and you were showing me different stuff. And I think for some people, you know, so, somebody like me who's who thinks of themselves as a really experienced geocacher, and I think you can't teach me anything. I know all there is to know, but somebody like me, I get into my routine. I know at least I know how I think to do everything with the app or with the GPS or whatever I'm using to go find caches. And I'm in a routine and I'm, and I don't really deviate from that routine very much. And then somebody like you says, Hey, did you know about this? And I'm like, well, no, not really, because that's on a screen that I don't think to tap on. And so that's what this conversation is about is, is kind of talking about some of those things that maybe you do know about them, but maybe you're like me and, and you just look up one day and you're like, oh, wait, uh, HQ's mobile team has added a bunch of stuff since, uh, since I started using this app. And, and I, I, I've missed some of the stuff that's there wasn't a huge announcement about it or maybe there wasn't. I missed it. So that's kind of what this is about. And there is a lot of cool stuff. And I think the thing we were going to start with was how to find cool caches or, or some of the tools that might lead you to finding some of the more interesting caches that are out there by using the geocaching app. Yeah. Uh, one of my um, favorite things that we released uh, early this year is the indicator of highly favorite caches on the map. It's that pink heart. And so as the map loads, we you get about 300 caches and the top 10% uh, will be highlighted. And so what I really like about this feature is that as you travel, 
uh, instead of using the filter to say, I want uh, any caches that have more than 50 favorite points. Well, if you're in, I don't know, rural Wisconsin, you might only get two caches. I don't know that for a fact. No offense to rural Wisconsin. Yeah, that was a very specific <laughs> example. <laughs> Just... <laughs> Just throwing out Earl Wisconsin. But there's some great caches. I was there for the West Bend Mega earlier this year, which you've been to as well in the past. I have, and that's where I use this feature. And so I, I know for a fact that there's a lot of cool caches in Wisconsin because we used highly favorited caches on the map to identify them. And I really love that feature too. And there's been a lot of discussion I've seen among the community about, oh, well, they should use percentage of favor points or as opposed to, well, we've got the reasons it would be a, a huge load difference, I'm, sh I'm, I'm sure, to do percentage. But just total favor points mm -hmm. is such a big improvement over not having anything like it was before. Yeah, we did actually look at what it would look like with percentages. And um, between the two algorithms, there was only about a 10% difference. Hmm. So, uh, and there is like having the percentage, it has its own issues, right? No algorithm is perfect. And so if right. a new cache gets published and the first person gives it a favorite point, now it's at a hundred percent. But if you find a cache that I hide, I hope you give it a favorite point and it would be very skewed. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, the high favorite point indicator is I've really loved it as I've been traveling and it's all, I don't know, it's kind of almost gotten a little exciting when I see the, the heart pop up and it makes me think, oh, that's something I need to. Mm -hmm. I need to check out. So that's a good one. And I've actually used it with the filter of minimum favorite points. Um, so as every region is different, I'll um, look at what is what is the the like the this area's highly favorite caches. And so if it's let's say um, it's around fifty for that area, then I will put in fifty, and then I will get a wider radius and know oh. every cache on my map is highly oh. favorite for that region. Um, but I'll still get the top 10% of those high favorited caches. Right. I never see right away. We're only, what, three minutes <laughs> into this thing, and I've already learned something that I didn't, <laughs> hadn't thought about. But oh, that's a great way to use it. Hadn't done that before myself. So next time, though, I'm going to filters. Yeah, I love, I love using the filters, depending on what, I, what kind of outing I'm planning. For example, um, when I go out caching with kids, I like to filter for regular and large-sized caches. And then uh, I'll make sure to bring some little toys that the kids can either leave and have a lesson in um, letting something go for other people or a trait of theirs, um, swag in the cache. Attributes, uh, filtering for attributes. I do that a lot as well. Uh, I really like field puzzles and um, night caches. Although for night caches, it, I must say, it, is, um, it can be confusing to filter it because there's multiple attributes that could indicate a night cache, like UV light required or flashlight required. And if the, so yeah, so I'll do multiple searches basically. If I want to do a night cache outing, I'll filter for all the, for, for night cache, recommended at night, flashlight required, UV light required, and I, I put them all on a list and then I have my night cache list. Mystery caches and a couple of interesting things there that people may or may not know about. Yeah, for mystery caches and, and multi-caches as well, I have a little bit of a, my own routine, so I don't know, there might be better ways to do it, but I use the personal note. So from the cache details page, you can tap the three dots in the top right to, to open the personal note. So I will copy uh, anything relevant from the description that I need to uh, answer a puzzle out into the personal note. And that's where then we'll have uh, the, the final coordinates or the next stage. And then I copy the, those coordinates and then I go to waypoints and I paste the coordinates in as a name so that I can easily <laughs> fill them into the uh, fields for the waypoint. Yeah, that was a game changer when we added 
toward the personal note syncs with the website. That mm. was something that for the longest time, I mean, way back in the day of the old app when, when you could do a personal note, but it didn't sync. Oh, oh that was the worst. And so when we added that, and that's been a few years now, mm-hmm. but, uh, but that was really great. So for corrected coordinates specifically for mystery caches, when you go to the waypoint screen and open the, go into the posted coordinates, you can edit, tap the edit icon and change them to the corrected coordinates. And it will actually be the corrected coordinates icon and sync with the web and everything. Mm. And so then that icon is on the, on the map where the final is. And you, instead of having an additional waypoint and remembering which of the caches you've already solved. Right. And kind of putting you on the spot here, but I'll put one of my Christmas wishes to, I'd love to be able to change it for some of the other cache types, like I agree. where I go, letterbox, yeah. stuff like that. Like any yeah. cache type that has a final coordinate should have that. And it is, it is on, on my wish list as well. I have a 200 plus item wish list from oh, you're, me you're, and, uh, and, and players and lackeys that have come to me. It is very, very hard to prioritize and very painful. Over, I can, over 200. Yeah, I can send yeah. you a link to it. <laughs> yeah, well, that's just going to make me sad. <laughs> I'll be like, oh, I wanted that too. Oh, I wanted that too. <laughs> so yeah, someday, hopefully we'll get those on there. But uh, Working through them. Yeah, so yeah, some stuff there on Mystery Caches then. Friends, that's something that I feel like has been a higher priority in recent years to try to find ways that people can connect with other mm-hmm. geocachers via the app. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so we released the option to add friends via the app last year. So that's also fairly new. We always had friends or for a long time had friends on the on the website. And now you can, um, from the profile in the app, you can tap that icon of the two little uh, people in the top uh, to add... As we both go to our app. To, <laughs> <laughs> uh, to open the friend screen. And so that will give you a list of all your friends. And then you will also see uh, any friend requests if you have any. And then on your profile, you can expand the header to uh, get to your QR code. And so when you meet someone at an event, they can scan the QR code, which uh, allows them to add you as a friend. Yeah, that's one that Cindy, who we both work with, uh, mentioned to me the other day when we were talking, and I knew about it at one point. I think I, did it come, did it debut right around the 20th anniversary celebration? correct, Here in Seattle, yeah, so I feel like, that weekend, we were all going around showing our QR codes mm-hmm. to everybody. And, and then Signal I, had a QR code. Key Signal had a QR code. Yeah. And I wonder how many friends Signal got that, that weekend. That, uh, <laughs> I have to go back and look. But, but yeah, it's one of those things that then I kind of forget about it because it's, I don't often click on my, on my little uh, avatar there in the, in the uh, app. So I'll have to remember to do that the next time I go to a, an event. And when I uh, meet people at events, uh, I will often then look at the will attends um, because from the lock screen, you can um, tap on someone's mm-hmm. icon to see their profile. And from that, you have the add friend button as well. Oh, so okay. yeah, you don't have right. to scan someone's code. There's multiple ways to add a friend. Sure. Yeah, there you go. Speaking of event caches, adding them to a calendar, that's actually mm-hmm. something that I only I'm kind of ashamed to say recently (laughs) started doing. And again, kind of just one of those little things that makes a big difference. Yeah, And we actually had an improvement that I don't think we had release notes about because it was such a small thing. The add to calendar link in the app used to create a full day event in your calendar. 
And so then you still had to go to the to the GC code and like copy it over and open the app or whatever to see when the event was actually at. But now when you tap add to calendar, it will actually create the event for the duration that the event is scheduled. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's 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 great. What else about friends that comes to mind for you? Yeah, I um, all my friends who are geocachers are also my friends in the geocaching app because when I go geocaching and I am stumped and don't know where to look, I always check the activity screen and um, you can see all logs, but you can also specifically see your friends' logs. And Very I, helpful if you're I, looking for that phone-a-friend situation, mm -hmm. right? And I also know like which of my friends have uh, more helpful logs or like hide little hints, like... You know, the, the classic, I was stumped at this location. Ah, uh, yes. yes. Um, or uh, there was something about nuts and bolts at a recent cache where in the cache was a little bolt. Right, right. And they had a, there was like a, a, like a word joke in the log that helped me figure out what it was. We were laughing during a recent, I did a podcast interview with Ari and Jessica about the new logging flow, and they expanded the number of characters that were possible for a for a log, which Ari loves because he types these gargantuan <laughs> logs. And I hate because I have to scroll th past those logs to get to ones that <laughs> yes. have some sort of a little hint, a little nugget that, that I can like stumped or whatever yeah, yeah. that might help me find the cache. So we were laughing <laughs> about that. Yeah. Another thing I really like is, look, is when you look at someone else's profile, you can see their heights. So from the from someone else's profile. Again, as we both go to the uh, app. Yeah, what's the flow? I wish again? we had video of this. You can see <laughs> us just just both looking away from each other as we're trying to go to a cache and look at the logs, look at the activity. Okay, now I'm going to a person. And uh, there's their hides. There's their hides. So yeah, so the finds and favorite points line items, you can't tap them and you used to not be able to tap the hides line item, but now you can and you see a list of all of the active hides. And so... I love seeing what my friends hit. Like I'm much more aware now what my friends have hidden than mm, before because right. it was harder to to see a list of uh, someone else's heights, especially right. on the mobile when on the mobile when on the phone. But also when I go um, when I'm in an area where I might not know all the caches and hiders, and I find a cool cache, I can now see is there another cool cache from the same CO nearby. Mm. Uh, that is uh, one of my favorite features. You can also another profile related cool feature we have is you can see your own finds list. so you can't see other people's finds but you can see your own and so if I wanted to to, to show you the cache of, uh, with the nuts and bolts I can actually now find it in my finds list because I mm. recently logged it and so I can quickly show you oh I was out here's the cool cache I found right right well this is wild you know I I'm gonna again I'm kind of I feel a little embarrassed to say this but I really haven't looked at my friend's hides via the app and it's <laughs> really kind of cool. Now I'm just kind of scrolling <laughs> through the list of, of my friends. And, and, uh, and I was like, wow, I didn't know that they owned a couple of, well, for instance, a couple of uh, adventure, you know, it shows if you own adventures too. Mm -hmm, so, mm -hmm. wow. Now yeah. I've, uh, and I, uh, we just talked about Ari when the, this feature came out, I looked at, because he, a, uh, his name's uh, a geocache name starts right. with AC's at, on top. So I looked at his heights and I realized he had a height that was in walking distance from my house. <laughs> oh, wow. I'm seeing he has two, he has one in, in DC in District of Columbia because his family 
lives out there. So Yeah, and his puzzle caches are uh, all kind of fun. Shout out to Ari. <laughs> yes, yes, shout out to Ari. Well, gosh, now I'm going to now I know what I'm doing tonight. I'll just go through the list and <laughs> play around looking at everybody's hides. So, yep, there we go. You've added another thing for me to, to for me to check out. And 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 again, we kind of went over it pretty quick, but I really do like being able to look at which my friends have logged a cache. Because again, it's so great to be able to say, okay, I can reach out to that person if I'm a, if I'm having trouble, and it's just so easy right there as you're out in the in the field. So, anything else with uh, well, friends related adjacent uh, lists when you plan an outing together. So for night caches, for example, I'll create a list and then I'll share it with uh, the friend that I want to uh, go caching with, and then they can make a copy from the website. But that all syncs with the app, so they will have. Um, the list that I created as a copy in their list app as well. I'm not sure if we're allowed to talk about stuff. We're working on other stuff. I can say that, right? We are working on other stuff. I can't be specific. I'm not gonna. I'm not. Don't worry. I'm not gonna <laughs> spill any beans. I'm just saying we're okay, working I wish, on. I wish we had a video. Of we're working on other. I just. Oh, I want to say something. I can't. I can't say it. I'm not going to. I'm but there's cool stuff coming. There's cool stuff coming. Thank you. Yeah. I'm allowed to say that, right? Yeah, you can I say mean, that. You can always say that. It's vague. <laughs> it's vague, but no, there there is cool stuff coming, and and yeah, it's great to be able and sharing, yeah, sharing your list with friends uh, on the web, and then making copies in the app. That's mm-hmm. great. And then, of course, you can download a list for offline. Um, I really like that feature as well, especially if I travel internationally, and I'm not sure if my my plan will allow me to access right. connectivity. Yeah, and I still run into people that are very experienced that didn't know you could do that so much. Or or maybe they do most of their caching with the GPS yeah. and they just haven't used the app as much. And then they'll say, hey, is it possible to do this? Well, of course, yeah, of course. You've been able to do that for a long time. So yeah. I'm like you, though. If I'm, well, if I'm traveling or if I'm going to be like here in Seattle, we have the mountains not too far away and you lose cell coverage mm-hmm. pretty commonly out there. So having the list downloaded is really huge. Yeah. Yeah. yeah agreed. Uh, we want to talk about experimental features. That's yeah. maybe one of my favorite things about the app. And that's, uh, a, that's a premium uh, feature. Yep. We should oh, mention yeah. that. Yeah, premium uh, members get access to these experimental features. They're different on iOS and Android for various reasons. Currently, iOS has a couple more, and I know you're on iOS. Yeah, so on iOS, I have show favor points on logs. I have add slash remove favor points, view select trackables in AR, and caches with trackables. So those are the things that premium members have access to in iOS on experimental features. And before we get into talking specifically about these things, we want to mention that make sure that you, you have to go to your profile, your settings in the app, and then click on experimental features and turn on uh, toggle the ones that, that, that you want. And if for some reason you log out and then when you log back in, you got to do it again. So that's a, a, a stumbling block for me sometimes is that, Sometimes I will, uh, I'll either purposely log out or I'll just be logged out for some weird reason. And then I just forget to go into those experimental features and to, cause I, I do like seeing favorite points on logs in particular. That's probably the one that I like the most out of what's on there right now. And, uh, so it's, I got to remember to turn it back on again. Yeah. So 
So those are the things with iOS, and then what do you have there on Android? On Android, we have filter for caches with trackable, so it's an additional filter that you can turn on, and MTDT grid search, and which is also an additional filter, but you also see it on the statistics screen, where you can, if you have not filled your grid yet, so for you, this feature would not be helpful, Chris. <laughs> so there's 80 to 150 loops, however many you have right now. It's still a great feature. <laughs> it's still a great feature. That one actually motivated me to fill my DT grid because I don't know if you remember, but before we had that feature, I found it really difficult to figure out which I which caches I needed, and I reached out to you and you created yep. multiple lists I did. <laughs> for me <laughs> to find um, uh, missing DT grids. But with right. this feature, I have uh, filled my DT grid finally. Wow. I don't yeah. know if I knew that. When did that happen? Oh, a while ago, like while ago. Uh, over a year ago. Oh, okay. Now time is, was there a party or anything or did it just kind of pass um, by? It was on my HQ20 celebration cart. Oh, yeah. When we put like our favorite geocaching mm-hmm. Achievement, yeah. Yeah, okay. And so for, I think we've probably done an episode about experimental features in the past, but it's been a long time ago. So just to kind of refresh people's memory, how would you describe what experimental features are? How do they get in there? How do they graduate out of experimental features? Just a brief overview of how the whole section, what that's about. Yeah, with experimental features, uh, we have a very different process. So some of these are developed kind of very fast. So there's not as uh, rigorous uh, control. So they might not be fully fleshed out. They might not be working um, like 100%. Not all the edge cases are covered. And so because of this kind of very fast process, the two platforms are not um, in the same track. So there's a little bit of flexibility as well for developers to, to work on one thing more than another. And so that's, that's kind of how the two platforms get out of sync. But because we want to sometimes move fast and uh, put out cool things, but we value having the platforms be in alignment uh, with experimental features, this was kind of the space that we created to put in things in front of premium members before they are ready to get out into the world and sometimes they don't get out into the world so some some features in the experimental features menu uh, might not be used very often or they end up not actually solving a problem um, and so we do monitor the, the data but uh, once we decide that it is ready to graduate and so the profile for example that did start out as an experimental feature when they graduate to the full app so to say then we make sure that the platforms are aligned and that um everything works and all the edge cases and offline uh, stays and everything is fully functioning. Okay. So you, you generally want to have, like you were saying, both apps be consistent. And so in order for a feature to move on, it has to be ready to move on in both Android and iOS. Yeah. So for the most part, we want the the apps to be in parity, but for example, um, iOS has Siri and Android doesn't. So if we ever did something with Siri, we would not be able to have the apps in parity. Well, we have listed a lot of things for people to check out and for me to check out. I think I've caught myself with at least a handful of different features that I need to. And like I said, I'll spend the rest of today looking through my friend's hides, (laughs) uh, their their list of hides via the app. I don't know. Do you think we covered covered a lot, didn't we? I would be interested if uh, any of the listeners have uh, favorite features that we didn't list. Sure. Yeah. Put those in the comments there on the, on the podcast page or when we release this on social media. I feel like I'd just like to keep talking. I mean, we haven't seen each other in a while. Yeah. <laughs> anything, anything else you want to cover while we're here? 
Okay. Well, in the meantime, meantime. this was great. And it's always fun to hear what, what the mobile team is up to. I see they're all meeting together. Most of you, I think, are together this week uh, here at HQ. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and and hopefully, I'm sure, planning some exciting stuff for the coming months and into 2024. And so it'll be fun to see what what comes out. Yeah, I'm looking forward to be back and talking about the cool stuff that's coming. Ooh, the cliffhanger. I love it. She's shaking her head, but (laughs) but she already said it. We're going to hold her to it. All right. Thank you, Nicole. Thanks, Chris. That was Nicole, the product manager for HQ's mobile team. Open up the official geocaching app and check out some of the stuff that we talked about. And like Nicole said, if there are features that you especially like, tell us about it in the comments section of the podcast page. And if there's something you would like us to cover on our podcast, send an email to podcast at geocaching.com. Until then, from me and Nicole and all the lackeys at Geocaching HQ, happy caching.